0: Welcome back to Plant Dance. We are here today to talk about Beyond Meat's initial public offering, which they just announced this past Monday. So the company is looking to raise almost $184 million. They are going to price at around $20 a share, Um, which actually gives the company a market value as high as $1.21 billion dollars if they come in around that amount.
1: So there's a lot going on here because in their financial disclosure the company reports a $30 million dollar net loss on $88 million dollars in revenue for 2018 and raised $142 million dollars in VC funding. That said, where does the loss come from? At a certain point last year they were having trouble keeping up with demand. Their manufacturing had a change, and a lot of that retrofitting and searching for co-packers certainly does cost a lot. But the potential is there. After all, they're going up against the meat industry. They're trying to make plant-based protein, something that can be good enough to accommodate not only vegetarians and vegans, but also carnivores, which is a huge market when it comes right down to it.
0: So join us as we talk to Morgan and Anthony from Sprout Adventures about this subject. P.S. It's, it's a, a short.
1: short.
0: Yeah, I mean, look.
2: One of the most interesting things that, that stood out to me on this, um, honestly, was was the the operating uh, the net operating loss here. Um, it's pretty significant, um, Morgan. What? Yeah, what was So the what on they that? said
3: in their their filing is that they took a thirty million dollar loss last year um, and. You know, this is on 88, 88 million in revenue. So that essentially means it costs them, uh, you know, 118 million dollars to make 88. And I guess the question is like, is, is is that the new normal for you know for brands that are that are this big? You know, is this is this the direction, and is that is that really growth, or is this kind of the indication of, of you know technology and and sort of public market practices? integrating with you know with our plant-based food tech space. Yeah, not to get too cynical right off the bat, but honestly
2: this this slightly reminds me of the dot com bubble where all these companies that are making a big splash in, in one industry or another are kind of positioning at these crazy valuations with not really that significant of a nod towards profitability. And and I think one of the interesting things that stood out to me too is there's not necessarily a very clear plan uh, for beyond to, mm. to, actually get towards profitability. Um, and that, that kind of brings up an interesting discussion, um, about kind of the main, the main goal here. Um, you know, obviously a business is a business and if it's not making money, it kind of brings up some bigger questions to the surface. Um, guys, Alex and, and Diana, what do you guys think about the, the, the kind of two way push between, you know, fundamental business practices and, 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 metrics versus the impact that we're seeing a lot of these companies lead in
0: space? Well, I mean, it sounds to me like I suppose, you know, and I'm just wondering if I would think long-term the goal would be obviously to turn this around and, and make the company profitable. I was just reading up about this too, and they planning mm-hmm. on, on investing the money in um, additional manufacturing facilities, research and development, sales and marketing. So I'm guessing mm-hmm. that, you know, they're, they're going for, the big push here and getting money behind them. Ultimately, I would think um, to make the company profitable. But in the meantime, clearly for investors, you know, it's kind of a scary place to be, I would think. But at the same time, are these investors, you know, more interested in in the social impact and the greater good? I mean, clearly money is always at the bottom line, but there's other factors at play here for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of room... To play here, I think. I mean, so beyond beef, which they just showcased at mm. Expo West, is the ground beef product they have. Haven't seen it hit the grocery stores. Maybe it has in certain select cities, etc. But you know, you would think that this is another innovation that allows them to kind of, you know, lay out their product. And their product is essentially their capacity to invest in themselves and to have people vote for what the product is because they're buying it. Um, I mean, that's really where the, the whole thing, you know, ends up is are, are these showcased correctly and are people interested enough to buy them? And then, you know, if you think about the, you know, the cattle association or, you know, uh, people that grow beef and, and meat, this is beyond meat. So the whole goal is to be able to get as, you know, not necessarily mainstream as that, but to become the new way of how people search to fulfill their, you know, meat desires and proteins. So I feel like that's the target and maybe the target is inflated just as much as, you. you know, the valuation is.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it says a lot about the faith um, that in- investors have in the industry. Clearly they see this as the wave of the future and eventually, of course, becoming a profitable company.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's also you know just just where beyond meat is right now in terms of you know this this overall market opportunity that they have, they're very uniquely positioned. And even with impossible Foods and, and a number of other competitors starting to scale up their operations, I mean plant-based meat right now is about at 1% market penetration. I know it feels like it's a lot maybe to us because we, you know, work in this industry, we see this every day. But the reality is most people in the US have not tried anything like this or they're just now waking mm-hmm. up to the opportunity. And if you look, right. you know, at plant-based milk, which in the last 10 years has had, you know, quite a run. Um, I think that's at a, something like 13% penetration. If you pulled that out, that same statistic, and said, you know, maybe this industry just catches up to where milk is today, uh, that's 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 more than 11 billion dollar opportunity um, of a market that essentially has been created in the last few years. And so, you know, I wonder how much of that uh, that has to play with, you know, Beyond Meat having this this huge valuation, as well as people on the equities market, not really having another way to play this, you know, unless they're getting involved in venture capital. And a lot of the deals that we see from these early stage plant-based meat, plant-based dairy companies, you know, they're coming through venture capital deals, or maybe if they're, you know, if they've been in the market long enough, they're starting to get some debt. Um, but most public investors have no way to get in on the action. And yet they're seeing in their local Whole Foods, Beyond Meat's popping up everywhere, Impossible's in their burger chains, um, you know. Ripple and silk and all these different non-dairy milks are are kind of all over the place and lots of innovations going on in the category, and yet they don't have another way to invest. There's really this inherent demand, this inherent mm-hmm. hunger um, that ultimately is gonna make people rush into that. The question is what happens once it equalizes out? Is this really a good, sound, fundamentally good investment to make, or is this the result the result of extreme scarcity? in having equitable vehicles to invest in that directly target the plant-based space.
1: Well, the promise is there. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what the investment is in the promise.
0: Right. I mean, a new, a recent survey by Nielsen just said that 40% of Americans are trying to eat more plant-based foods and considering themselves flexitarians. Mm-hmm. So clearly, it's a growing population for sure.
1: Right, you're trying to turn on different consumers. Like you said, Morgan, there's people that have never tried it. And if those people can be persuaded, then they become a greater part of the construct and the concept also, because the concept Mm -hmm. is to help convert people from being meat eaters to plant-based meat eaters.
2: Yeah, I think part of it, uh, part of filing and moving forward with the IPO, to me, it strikes me as potentially kind of a PR push as well. Because a lot of people that follow the market and follow IPOs and just follow kind of the, um, the movements of, of innovation may not, if you guys are talking about, may not have heard about plant-based meats and in, in the industry that we're working in. So, you know, this this also, I think, plays as a, as a really big PR push um, for for really the entire industry to get itself on the map as, as a very um, progressive, innovative um, opportunity that's moving forward very quickly, and, and I think a lot of people that potentially got um, their weekly newsletter on the market and all yeah. of a sudden see this beyond me, like, "Wow, what is this?" and they start exploring it, and all of a sudden they they realize that this entire market exists. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's a good thing for the entire industry. I mean, Beyond's doing some incredible things themselves, and I mean, I think the old adage of of rising tides raises all ships is is definitely apparent here that. This is this is good for everyone, um, and it's going to be interesting to see how other companies might follow suit, and how uh, you know profitability versus impact might be fitting into that picture.
3: Now, do you think the you know the ultimately, I mean, Beyond is a first mover to IPO. It's really the first big IPO in the category. We just saw this with Lyft uh, with their IPO. I believe it was last month where they went out to the public markets. They raised. And if you looked at their stock price on the day of opening versus today, I think they're it's, it's something like down 30% based on the fact that Uber, uh, their main competitor and the number one in the category, is actually, you know, about to enter the market. And people, I think, were riding on the fact that, you know, this is our first way to get into the ride sharing space via Lyft. And all of a sudden now Uber is coming in and suddenly these become a little less attractive because, oh, wow, they're, you know. There are different ways to play this and that kind of thing. Do you think this is the right kind of attention? Like, let's say if, you know, Impossible or another group decides to IPO shortly after, and they're potentially also saying that they are having heavy losses or that kind of thing, just like Lyft and Uber have been, you know, is, is, is that is that the right kind of attention we want? And does that ultimately still uh, allow these companies to to achieve the impact goals of raising that money that they're, you know, that, that, that they're trying to achieve. I think that's an interesting question. Um,
2: I I think what, what that, what that question poises is it positions a a unique opportunity, I think for at least one of the players to come in and actually show profitability. Right. So if, if this, if this is kind of becoming, um, you know, Uber Lyft beyond all these companies are showing massive operating, you know, net, um, operating losses, and someone's able to position in, in the plant based industry and come in and say, "Hey, we're we're taking what these big guys have done. We're doing it a little bit leaner. We're operating at at you know at least the black, and we're coming in." I think that provides a really unique opportunity for some competition in the space. Um, I think purely from just like a positioning in the market standpoint. Um, so I don't know as far as if it's good that this is this may or may not become the standard. I think it'd be interesting to see who comes next and and what. Uh, specifically in our industry, in, in the plant-based industry, and, and see how they position their their operating margins and, and their fundamental business metrics. Uh, and then, you know, see if that becomes the norm. And then, like I said, potentially, if someone can come in and do it a little bit leaner and operate a little bit more efficiently and actually show a, a clear path towards profitability, that, that I think that would be the big catalyst for a lot of these companies to kind of follow suit in that direction. Um, instead of just for the perception of of pushing an IPO, I don't know what do you, what do you guys think? Mm-hmm.
1: You, you know, I guess it begs the question in terms of, so f- forgetting about the fact that this is an IPO, there's investment, the qualities of like how much something is worth. Um, when you're talking about like Lyft or Uber, right? Those are other people's cars, right? Mm-hmm. So it the product there's a technology that sort of unifies the ability to call up somebody's car and then, you know, have like a seamlessness and customer quality, you know, to the rider. But when it comes to all of these plant-based meats, you know, so you have impossible, you have beyond, you have light life, you have all of these different companies that are coming to the fore and trying to launch, you have larger companies like Nestle that are, you know, investing in their, what is it? The incredible burger, um, And it's, I, I just, what it really comes down to is it's not just about taste, right? Because something could taste incredible, but if not enough people know and are turned on to it, then it could easily fail. But clearly the motivating factor for a lot of this is the need to have research dollars to be able to have better products mm-hmm. It's, it's this weird sort of convoluted thing where you need to have this much money in order to keep the beast moving in order to challenge what is the norm in like the the diet of, of, of you know, the, the American diet or the world's, you know, diet. It's just, I just don't know how to quantify it, honestly. And it's a, a little bit scary to me because competition certainly can help deliver the goods as it were, but at the same time, it also can you know, uh, really have companies fail that have more promise to the real challenge of trying to help to put together proteins that taste better and that are really, truly environmentally Mm. better.
3: Now, I have a question for you guys, and this comes with a big caveat that no one on this podcast is any sort of registered investment, anything, and do not take our advice in this regard. But when that, that stock goes public and people have access to it at a $1.2 billion valuation with 30 million bucks in losses last year and no plan to become profitable anytime soon, do you think that stock is taking off like a rocket ship? Do you think it's plummeting? Do you think it kind of holds steady? I'm just curious your, your overall prediction and maybe we can regroup in a week or two and, uh, and- see
0: what happens. <laughs> Well, <clears throat> given that it's the first one to go public, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it if it went up, but you know it's it's so hard to say, clearly, but um, I do think, as Alex had mentioned before, it, there's the promise there, right of um, being having this technology being um, on top of it and really the first to um, go public, I think I think people will invest in it. I mean, this is just my thought, but I think that there's enough movement behind it that that people are going to be interested for sure.
1: What do you think? But I mean, is that long-term investment versus short-term investment? I mean, is it time to get out of the stock now? I mean, I just put some money down. <laughs> should I get out?
3: What do you think, guys think? I think it's gonna be a long term. Do you think I should get <laughs> out? Yeah, I mean, frankly, that's, that's the question, right? Like, you see this a lot with with technology companies yeah. where. Their stock goes public and, you know, maybe their employees are bound by a lockout period where they're not able to sell out of the stock. Um, But that lockout period comes out and that day the stock drops 40% because everybody's trying to get out of there. You know, the question is, is Beyond Meat or are similar companies like Beyond Meat that go public in the future going to have this same kind of effect or you know, is it actually that a lot of these people Mm -hmm. join because they believe in the company and and, and they're not trying to go anywhere and they're holding on to their equity as long as they can because they believe in the future growth and profitability in the space. Right.
0: Yeah. I I could, I could see it being a very volatile Mm -hmm. stock actually, because as uh, you know, news comes out of you know, something happening and there's a big scare and everyone wants to sell off because they're not sure about the future of the company or even where the plant-based industry is going. And then the next day, oh, there could be, you know, another stat that makes it into the news that makes everyone else feel better about it. It's just like one of those things. It's like kind of like fear because you don't really know because it's so new. Um, And I think like if you're going to invest in it, I mean, I would think that you would need to like we said earlier, just have a mm-hmm. long-term play on that and see where it goes yeah. and kind of ride uh, I it think
2: for a that's, while. That's a, that's a great point about the <clears throat> kind of the infancy of the industry itself. And it's going to be interesting to see what uh, what direction or what precedent this sets. Uh, and to the listeners, I mean, we'd love to hear from you guys. What do you guys think about this uh, this IPO? Let us know what you guys think if you're planning on investing in it. And uh, it be interesting to hear your feedback mm-hmm. as well.
0: So we'd love to hear your thoughts. Please weigh in. And you can find more about Brand First at brandfirstnj.com and Sprout Adventures at sproutedventures.com. Looking forward to hearing from you guys. Bye for now.